Good to see you here on this holiday weekend. I know we have a number of folks that are traveling, going different places, but it's good to have you all, have you all here. I was nice here in the violin for Star Spangled Banner. How many of you do not know the history of when that was written? Anybody not know the, the history on the Star Spangled Banner? I don't want to tell it to you if you, don't, if you already know it. Anybody, a lot of people shaking their head no anyway. Star Spangled Banner was written during the greatest war in our country's history. And that was not the Revolutionary War. Most people think that was the greatest war and the one that set us free, and it was not. It was the one that started us on the road to freedom. But freedom was not purchased for this country until the War of 1812. Because until then, we still could be overtaken. And the War of 1812 is when we established ourselves as a world power and in which Britain was no longer a world power. If you remember the days of Napoleon, and most of us think of Napoleon and all the bad things that went on with him, but if he was not fighting, the French were not fighting the British at the same time, we were fighting the War of 1812. The outcome of that war could have been very different. So there was good things that, that happened with that. But the, the Star Spangled Banner, you all know, was written on a boat. And it was written while they uh, fought, I think it was Fort McKenzie. Is that, uh, that right, Daryl? He's, he's pretty good in the history here, too. Fort McKenzie was being bombarded, in which, despite the fact that they're... McHenry. Uh, despite the fact that many people were in the fort that were women and children, the British gave the order to bombard it until it was destroyed. They didn't care who was in it. And so the uh, many women and children died. People not fighting were killed during that overnight battle in which they shelled them with everything that they, ha they had. There was a particular prisoner on board and he was the one who wrote this hymn, or this, uh, this, this that we call our national anthem, Star Spangled Banner. And when they were on board, the other prisoners that were there saw the shelling. They heard the, the plans of the British. And so they all got together and they prayed. Let's just pray for our, for our brethren over in the fort. And they prayed for them. And they knew as long as the flag was flying that victory could still be theirs. And so they watched all night and through the lighting of the shells and the explosions that were going on. They could continually see the flag until the morning when the flag was still there. That, of course, is written into the, into the words. But what is not written into the words are things that were not known until you went through the history that the people in the fort determined to keep that flag flying. It was a very large flag. It was on a very large pole. And at one point, the British actually targeted the flag and threw everything they had at it. They actually had broken the flag and the people in the fort would not let it lay down. And so the people in the fort held that flag up. And as they their bodies fell holding that flag up, another would come and another 
and another. And many people died for the sole purpose of keeping that flag up. You don't know the, You can read more of the history of it and, and hear what was going on, but just look for the War of 1812 and the Star-Spangled Banner, and you can come up with the, the story as it was. But oh, what a, what a testimony it was. And people got together and prayed. Well, let's look over here in our, our Bibles today. We're over in Luke chapter 8 again. We want to take a look most mostly at the good ground, but there's still a little bit more to cover. And if you're up on Facebook, put this question out there for you. How much good ground is in you and can you create more? Now we're finishing up with the parable of the sower and the seed here this morning. We want to take a look at the qualities of the good ground. And we're going to take a look at this word for good and glean some things from it as well. But let's read over the, the passage here in verse 11. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. They bring no fruit to maturity. Now as we were looking at this Last time, we saw that the thorns that came in, that a list here, cares, riches, and pleasures of life. And I didn't quite get into everything that I had down for this, but in these particular things, these I label them as distracting pursuits. These are things you can pursue instead of the Word of God that was given to you. Cares. And if you want to write this in, you can. Anything you care more about than the Word. Cares. Anything that you care more about than the Word. Along the way, after we got saved, certainly when we first got saved, the Word of God was our greatest greatest thing. That's the thing we focused on the most. Always the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. But then other things began to, to move in and they're not all bad things. But they're just other things. For some, it could be a job to provide for the family. For some, it could be a ministry that God led you into. For some, it, just, it could be some kind of pursuit. Something that you, you're just doing for relaxation or fun or whatever it might be. It does not have to be a bad thing. It is just a thing. There's, it's, it's a thing that brings some, some cares into your life is, is one. Anything that you care more about than the Word of God. And we can begin to do that. We can begin to care about food more than the Word of God. We can begin to care about uh, watching TV more than the Word of God. There's a lot of things we can care more about. And if we do that, it is uh, giving room for the thorns to grow and to choke out the Word of God that's in us. The second thing he said was riches. As we talked about last week, a lot of us will say, well, I'm not rich. I don't have the ability to go after great riches. But riches here is pursuing any increase or pursuing increase in a way other than God's way. Do you remember the words of Abraham 
when he went out and he defeated the five kings and he brought back much spoil. And his intention was to give all of it to that belonged to the, the kings. He's going to give it back to them. And his, his words were, lest you say, I made Abraham rich. Or he actually said Abram. That was his name then. You see, there's other ways that you can get rich. You can get riches. Now, rich just means having more than you've got now. When you were a kid and you had a dollar in your pocket, five dollars was rich. When you got a job and you made minimum wage, when someone offered you a job that was five dollars over that, man, that was, you were living high. This is good. You see, rich is just more than what you got. Here's the, the last one, pleasures, the pleasures of life. Anything the enemy can entice you to pursue to bring you joy that God's Word tells you you shouldn't. An example, that would be Adam and Eve in the garden. What did Adam and Eve lack in the area of the pleasures of life in the Garden of Eden? I mean, it, it was pretty good in the garden from what we understand from the Word of God. This is a pretty good place. They, they really didn't lack anything, but the enemy was able to come up with something to pull them into, you don't have this, the pleasures of life. If you just eat from the tree, you will become as God, knowing both good and evil. Oh, we don't have that yet. That might be fun. We might enjoy that. The pleasures of life, folks, are just simply something you don't have. The Word of God says you shouldn't. But I, I, I think I ought to. I think I'm missing something by not having it. It might even be something the Word of God says you can have, but we're just, we're just going to seek after it in a wrong way. We don't want to do that. Don't seek after it in a, in a wrong way. We can look at things in the Word of God, such as you know having a husband or a wife. And the Word of God says that that's a good thing. But you can seek after a husband or wife in a wrong way. And the Word of God is filled with several examples of people who sought after it in the wrong way and, and they had problems. It didn't, go, it didn't quite go so well for them. So we have to be careful. We have to be watchful. Because what he's saying here in this parable is that the seed came in and the only thing that kept it from coming to a place of fruition, from a place of maturity, from a place of producing in their life, the only thing was the enemy was able to distract you with cares, riches, and the pleasures of life. That was it. Now think of the Word of God that's been sown in you. The Word of God's been sown in you for healing. You're believing God for healing on a particular thing. And you were pursuing it with everything that you got. But then all of a sudden, here come the cares. Here come the riches. Here come the pleasures of life. Here come the other things that are going to try and pull you out. Don't let them. See, the enemy's going to tell you that if you do what the Word commands, you will lose out on riches and pleasures of life. You're going to lose out. It's, it's not going to work good for you. Now, there's an immaturity that's involved here with the, uh, the first three soils. There's an immaturity that's there. And, and the Word of God, of course, is telling us, be mature. Be mature for the things of God. First off, they don't value what is valuable and leave it defenseless. They don't value 
what is the word of God says is valuable. They don't value it. And they leave it defenseless. There are a lot of times that we have had things that were of value, but we didn't understand that they were of value. I'll give you an example of this. How many of y'all know that there are certain coins that have value? More value than what is on the face. In fact, there are some pennies that people will pay hundreds of dollars for. And it's just a penny. But they'll pay hundreds of dollars for it. Because it's, it's rare. It has some kind of um, defect on it. Uh, whatever it might be. And you, there are some out there that are, that are pretty good. But if you do not know that that particular penny has a great value on it, you're going to treat it as... You're going to treat it as a penny. And if somebody needs a penny over the register, oh, I got one. <laughs> and you just give it away freely. If you drop it, oh, it's just a penny. I'm not going to go try and find that. You see, it's valuable, but I don't know that it's valuable. And so I don't guard it. But once I find out that certain coins can be worth more, and I get one in my pocket, and I'm not sure. This one might be. Y'all know that there's, there's wheat pennies out there. Everybody, anybody not know what a wheat penny is? Y'all know what a wheat penny is? All right. No? Well, you got to raise your hand. I don't, I don't know. I think everybody knows. A wheat cent is simply when you flip it around in the back, it has a, a wheat emblem on it. And uh, I forget what year it was that they changed it, but they changed it to, uh, uh, what is it, the memorial that's on there now? And they changed it to that. But all the ones that have the wheat cent on there, most, just about every single one of them is worth more than a penny. Can't quite say that all of them are, but it's got a good shot at being worth more than a penny. Now, it may not be worth many more, <laughs> much more than a penny, but if you're going to find one that's going to have great value, it's going to probably be a, a wheat cent. There is one, uh, or uh, there's, uh, I think it's just one, I don't think uh, one, one uh, section of our history in which pennies were not made out of copper. And if you find some of those, especially if you find one in good condition, you can get some money for that. But it looks like it's just a penny. Now you look at that and say, what why is a penny this color? And, um, and we, just, we just toss it aside. But there are each one, that, as they change things, if you, if you know coins, and for a while I, I studied coins and collected coins and did some things with, with coins, so I knew a, a, a little bit about it. But there's, there's names for, for different ones. The wheat scent is one, buffalo nickels are another, before they change the design on it. And uh, the older design is, uh, generally just going to tell you the age of the coin, and if you can find one in decent condition, you can get some money for it. But if we don't know that it has value, we don't guard it. And this is a sign of immaturity. There are some immature people out there that God has given them the ability to hear some great word. But they don't treat it as valuable. Well, I heard that, yeah. And they just go on. Have you ever heard somebody repeat to you, you you've learned something in the Word of God and you say that to Yeah, I heard somebody teach about that, but you can tell by the way they're saying it, they treat it as no value. And yet to you it has great value. It's a sign of immaturity. And that's in the, uh, certainly in the first, the first uh, soil. They didn't see the Word as being valuable and they didn't protect it. They lack patience and endurance and are easily tempted or pulled away. And that's in the rocky soil. They had no roots. They had no endurance. And so they're happy about the word for a little while, but then when temptation comes, they fall away. There's an immaturity that's there. Just like the, the little ones we see. Get all excited about something for five minutes. And then 
They don't, they don't care about it anymore. How about the third one? The lack, they lack focus and are distracted, distracted by things, other things. They lack focus and are distracted by other things. Make sure you keep your focus. Don't go off on the cares and the riches and the pleasures. Stay with the Word. The characteristics of the chore is they know the Word. You can't stop there. Just because you know the Word doesn't mean that you're mature. Secondly, they act on the Word. And just because you act on the Word doesn't mean that you're mature. There's, a, there's one you're still lacking. They speak the Word. You should go around and be speaking the Word of God. Instead, we speak other things. We speak fears. We speak things that the world has said. Don't be speaking all that stuff. Know the Word. Act on the Word. Speak the Word. Now, in verse 15 of Luke chapter 11, let's read that. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 8, verse 15. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the Word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. The ones that fell on the good ground... Now that word fell there is not actually in the translation. The uh, translators put it there so that you would understand. Basically, it's just saying the, the seed on, the good soil, the good ground, are those who having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it. Now this word for good, this first one and this second one that we see for good here, is kalas, which is those things distinguished in form, excellence, goodness, usefulness, so as to be pleasing. Another definition would be this way. Beautiful to look at, magnificent, excellent in its, in its nature and characteristics, and therefore well adapted to its ends. Now when we see kalas, but the ones that fell on the good or the kalas ground are those who having heard the word with a kalas. Some places put, put good in there. They do different words. Uh, a, a kalas or noble, they put it here. And good heart. That particular word is the word agathos. That which being good in its character or constitution is beneficial in its, in its effect. Now, if you look up Vines on this, Vines had a note, and I could not find this substantiated in any other, any other thing on Greek. But I'll throw it out to you because Vines is usually pretty sound in what they, what they bring out. That the first word, word for, I'm sorry, the second one, the second usage, noble or good, in this uh, particular passage, is our attitude towards God. And the second one for good, in the, when they're paired together, the second one, agathos, is our attitude towards people. Good towards God and good towards people. But the ones that fell on the good ground, now this is the, we're using the word for magnificent, excellent. When you look at this, it just looks good. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble 
and good heart. Keep it and bear fruit with patience. Now, this particular ground, what we're, what we hear about this is that it produces. This particular ground produces a fruit. In some renditions of this, we had some produced 30, some produced 60, some produced 100. In our situations we're at, some of us would be glad if we got 30%. I've been believing God for this word and haven't gotten, haven't seen a thing out of it. I'd be happy if I got a 30% return on this. But we feel like we've gotten a zero return. No return. In fact, we have more resembled soil one, two, or three in certain areas than we have soil number four. How many desire soil number four? I mean, if you're going to do the work, <laughs> you may as well get the, the harvest, right? nothing worse than going out there and doing all the work to do the harvest and then nothing comes up. Or if they do come up, they get choked out and they don't come to a place of, of barren fruit. You don't get your tomatoes or your, your, your vines ripening or, or uh, whatever it is that you're, that you're planting. Well, we understand this from the fourth soil. Who having heard the word... That didn't change from the first soil, the second soil, the third soil. They all heard the word. They heard it just like the others. Just because you heard the word doesn't mean that you are going to be soil number four. Soil number four is not produced because you heard the word. Soil number four is produced because the soil is excellent. It is magnificent. To look upon this is to look on a thing of beauty. And it is so excellent that it is useful for what it's intended. That's the kind of soul that we want. He said, with a noble and good heart, you see, it's the attitude of the heart. That's what makes the, the soil different. If I want to be a good soil, I've got to be a, a, a place for, for good things to go, for, for good things to grow. Now you can just look around here and today just get outside of the Word of God. Outside of the Word of God. Jesus is not teaching the principle with soil in that only the Word of God grows. He's not teaching that. He's teaching you about soil. If you all know sowing and reaping, if you are of the world and you sow, how many of you know you can reap? Born again or not makes no difference. Sowing and reaping work for both. And the same thing is, is here with this. Good soil... Will grow good things. Bad soil? No. That works for the saved and the unsaved alike. How many of you all know that there are, are, are things that are taught and uh, things that people believe that are just outlandish? And when they fall upon you, they're not related to the Word of God, just, just things going on in the world. When they land upon you, you say, that's rubbish. And you just go on. I, I don't need to give that any attention. You see, it came and it tried to land, but you did not have the things in the soil to cause that thing to grow. You immediately stuffed it out. It was like wayside soil. How many of you know, you should know, it is good to be wayside soil on some things. I know none of you are doing this, but if you turned your news on and they began to spout some of their stuff, it would be good to be wayside soil. And if they sowed it down in there, you just... You just let the birds come and take it away. Or people trample on it. I'm not guarding that, not protecting that. That's garbage. 
they're um, they're they're ridiculous. You know, the news news does not cover anything worthwhile at all. It's amazing over the last two years how many reports have we had about an investigation that produced nothing for a crime that was never defined. I heard one person put it, this Russian investigation lacked one big thing. Russians. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. <laughs> there are no Russians in the Russian investigation. They were missing. That's, uh, that's kind of odd. But it's amazing how much time over the last couple of years we have spent to this and people were fertile soil for it. They kept wanting more and wanting more and wanting more. And yet how much time was spent about missiles being sent over into Israel? One of our greatest allies. Or what about the changes over in the Iranian administrations and the, the things that that nation is doing? What about the things going on in Korea? How many people know about the, the dangers and the things that are going on with the folks over in Korea? What about worldwide trade? I made that statement last time about terrorists being good. And, um, you know, terrorists are only good in the short run. And I, I saw a few people, you know, there, ah, it's not, not so much so. Not so much the, the case. But how many of y'all know we are in the greatest economic increase we have seen in this country in decades? And unemployment is the lowest it's been, I think, in what, 40 or 50 years? It's been, it's real low. The reason for that is partly because of the tariffs. Now this started a, a, a long time ago, but uh, how many people shop at Pottery Barn? Come on, you can admit it. Nobody shops at Pottery Barn? There's a kitchen place that's in the mall there too. It begins with an S. So, some, what is it called? Simone, Simona? That's the one. Well, they're apparently owned by the same parent company. And when they saw what was going on and what Trump was beginning to do, they closed down some of their factories in China. And they opened them in the States. Because they saw it would be cheaper for them to make them here than to import them and bring them over. That created jobs. Steel became more expensive to import than to buy it here. The end result is steel mills that were mothballed or put down in, in, uh, in production were bringing the production back up again. People who had worked and were laid off were being rehired. But how many of you hear about that in the news? We're all busy covering investigations and so forth. And it, it doesn't matter to me what side of the investigation you're on, whether you believe it's this, that, or the other thing. What, it, what happens is a lot of things are not being covered. The, the things going down on our southern border are not being covered or they're being covered in a way that's not true. And so people don't know what's going on. There are crises going on in our own country. And we don't spend any time on those because we're focused off on other things. You see... When the news media, when I, and I do, even though I don't watch them, I still hear some of the things that they do. Cringe when I hear it. I don't want to hear that. Don't, I don't want to hear it. But as soon as I hear these things being discussed, it's, I'm bad soil for them. I'm glad I'm bad soil for them. My goal is to be wayside soil for everything that the world wants to sow into me. Now see, when you build up your defense in that way, then when the doctor comes to you and says, you're going to die, you know what happens? Wayside soil. Glory to God. Appreciate your input on that. Uh, I'm, go- I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> and you just don't get all concerned. You don't get all worried. Because you see, that couldn't root inside you. 
when the enemy comes and tries to sow bad stuff in you, thinking that disaster is going to come. I'm not, I'm not good soil for that. You see, it's good to have some bad soil in your life. <laughs> bad soil for the things that the world wants to sow in. Bad soil for the things that the enemy wants to sow in. You see, what happened with Adam and Eve was they were good soil for what the enemy wanted to sow. And it grew quickly and produced fruit. We need to be bad soil for the things the enemy wants to sow. When he comes and he sows thoughts in us, you are a failure. You're no good. You're going to come to destruction. You're going to lose your job. All these things come. No, no. I'm not hearing that. I'm not doing. I'm not doing that. Uh uh-uh. uh And uh, now I'm, I, I look around trying to find people who uh, who who played some sports. I know Eric did. Eric, you played football. Did you ever line up against someone, and someone on the other side try and sow thoughts into you? Yeah, and you had to be bad ground for that, didn't you? <laughs> That's exactly what I do. You see, you got people on the other side. They want to tell you you're going to fail. I'm going to get you. You're not getting me. Whatever it might be. They want to sow these thoughts in there and you have to learn how to be bad soil for when they, they sow that. Well, it's the same thing with the enemy. you got to be bad soil when the enemy wants to sow things, but good soil when God does. I want the things that God says to me to grow. I want the things the enemy says to me to be wayside, to not grow. But unfortunately, too many Christians are wayside for the things of God, stony for the things of God, or thorns for the things of God, but fertile ground for the things of the enemy. They don't let them do that. Now, what does bad soil contain? When we're, we're speaking in relation to the good seed, not the bad seed. Bad soil contain. Now, some of these you're, you're going to get. These are pretty simple. You've heard all these things before. But bad soil, first off, it contains pride. Because... God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. This is what it does not contain. What the, what the good, what the bad soil, I'm sorry, what the good soil does not contain. It does not contain pride. It doesn't contain bitterness. We just went, went over some principles about bitterness and not too, too long ago. You gotta make sure you keep bitterness out of your life. Because you have bitterness coming in your life. That's not making good soil. That's making bad soil. Unforgiveness. Don't be letting unforgiveness be, be rented in your life. You be quick to forgive. Selfishness. The last one I put in there was negative words. That's not an all-inclusive list. There's other things you can put in there that make the soil bad. Pride, bitterness, unforgiveness, selfishness, negative words. These are things that will make soil resistant to the seed of the Word of God. you got to get them out of your life. Now, What does good soil contain? First off, good soil contains humility. Now, we're not just going to go opposite on all the other things, but you you can't leave that out. We've got to be humble before God. But good soil for the seed of the Word has an eye for good. They have an eye for good. How many of you know people, they have an eye for what is bad? If something is wrong, if something is bad, they can pick it out. They know it. They got an eye for what is bad. Don't be fostering that. Don't be developing that. Get an eye for what is good. Third, they have a pleasing disposition. A pleasing disposition. 
when you call up customer service, they be, should be shocked at how kind you are. Especially when they first answer. Have you ever been through some of those customer service ones where you have to go through so many menus to be able to talk to somebody live that by the time you talk to somebody live, you're frustrated? <laughs> that can take away from your pleasing disposition. But don't let it. Don't let it. Stay there with a pleasing disposition. You see, if you are a pleasing disposition, then you don't have to put it on. Because that's what you are. Just make sure that you're pleasing. You all know people that are not pleasing in their disposition. They're not fun to be around. Make yourself someone that people like to be around. Here's another one. Cares for self and others the same. The same. Cares for others and self the same. If you care for self more than you do others, you are called... Selfish. If you care for others more than you are yourself, you are not spiritual. Because Jesus says to love others as you love yourself. He says to do unto others how? As you want it done to you. You've got to keep this on equal. The enemy wants to get it unbalanced. He doesn't care which direction he gets it unbalanced, just so he gets it unbalanced. He either wants you to care more about yourself than others, or more about others than yourself. Either way is bad, because it's not God's way. And it will create bad soil. If you care for others more than you do yourself, you are fertile ground for the devil to sow inside of you bitterness. Well, look at how much I do for people and they don't do hardly anything for me. Can you see where that would be? A <laughs> don't be doing it. God has not called you to do more than He's asked you to do. Other people might try and guilt you into it. But don't let that go on. Do for others as you do for yourself. You know, it's okay to, to sometimes say, well, you know what? I have given other people some time. I've helped them. And this time, I'm just, I'm, I'm taking this for me. I'm taking this as just my family time. And then somebody calls and they have an emergency. You know what you should do? Great, I'll take care of that later. Right now, I got this going on. You know what is not wrong for you to say? Uh, nope, can't do that right now. In fact, just don't answer your phone. That's just the best, best thing to do. You can just not answer that phone for a little while. And, and the devil will come in and say, you're being selfish. You should be more giving. And that's wrong. Now, if you're always on self time, <laughs> that's wrong too. You, you can't always be on the, on that side. There's, there's times to give to others and there's times not to. Jesus, well, one time in the, in the word of God, he saw that his disciples were out there ministering. They're ministering for a while. And he says, guys, come on. We need some time by ourselves. And so he takes them all off to a place. Uh, by themselves, and the crowds follow them. And while they ministered them again, but then he got them off by himself. He would sometimes just say, guys, we need to be off by ourselves. Let's just go off and, and take care of things. There are times he taught the multitudes, and afterwards he would pull his own disciples back and said, now I'm here to teach you. And this is not for them. This is for you guys. In fact, one time he even, he even said that to them. For you, it is to know the keys of the kingdom. 
Come on over here. I'm going to tell you some things. <laughs> that, that was all right. Don't let the enemy uh, sell you on becoming unbalanced. Care for self and care for others the same. Get God's view of others. Don't listen to what other people tell you. Have you ever had this happen? Certainly it can happen in church. But another brother or sister will come up and they'll begin to tell you about somebody in the church, somebody in the family of God. Maybe not in your church itself, but somebody in the body of Christ, maybe a teacher or a minister or missionary or somebody who's out there ministering, doing things. And they'll tell you something about it. And that gives you a viewpoint of it. Oh, is that right? Don't settle on that. Get God's view of others first. It doesn't mean that everybody's perfect. I've had some people that I consider to be great teachers in my life who were far less than perfect. I understood where their imperfections were. And we got past that. I still got what what God wanted me to get from them. Get God's view of other people. Don't be content with what other people tell you. Here's the last one I wrote for you. Thinks and speaks good words. Now again, this is not all inclusive. You can put some other things in here, but you do some of these things, it'll surely give you a good start. Thinks and speaks good words. Bad soil, we think bad words. I just know I'm going to get sick. I just know something bad's going to happen. I just know I'm going to have, I just know so-and-so is doing Why are we speaking bad words about it? Don't be speaking bad words. Be speaking good words. Bad words are going to come to your mind. (laughs) The enemy is going to try and get you to sow them. Don't do it. Nope. Think and speak good words. Don't just stop at thinking good words. Speak them. Say them. Father God, I thank you that today in the job, I am going to prosper. As I prosper, My job is going to prosper. The business I work for, they're going to prosper. They're going to see that I am a blessing to this company. Speak good words. Some people, they go into work in the day, oh, this is going to, I just know this is going to be a terrible day. I just know this is going to be bad. No, speak good words. See, when we don't have these good qualities, the seed we are trying to grow cannot and it won't produce the harvest we think that we should receive. I've got to create that atmosphere of something good. Seed for healing won't produce healing in our body, but we'll see it produced in others. Seed for joy, it doesn't seem to affect my depression. Seed for abundance leaves me with lack. Because it's not coming to a place of maturity. Despite the word, God sowed into Abraham for decades. How many decades? 25 years, it says, until he had that, that baby. Two and a half decades, God sowed into this man. He was still left with no baby. Unproductive. The word that God spoke, God spoke directly to Abraham, was unfruitful in his life to produce what God said it would produce. For over two decades, that went on. Just because I have been unproductive doesn't mean I can't turn it around. You can turn it around. You can get it going. 
I was uh, listening to brother one of uh, brother Keith's old series, and um, another series on faith was was just going through it just just because. So I was listening to this, and he was retelling one of the stories. I know I've told this story to you when I heard it before, but it, uh, I loved hearing it again. And he was talking about when he was believing God for a new car. He and his wife were believing God for a new car, a new Buick. They ended up being a new Buick, and so they got the car they wanted. And they were believing God for that new Buick. And uh, they said, and they, they tacked on the end just because they said they heard other people do it. We believe we received the new Buick in 30 days. <laughs> and so he went on and they, every day they were just believing. And they were just uh, thanking God and doing all the, all the things that they did. And somewhere in, in this, this teaching, he had this wonderful thing. You write this down if you want to. If, uh, it, it just was, was, was wonderful on faith and patience. Faith is always, faith is going out and looking for it. Patience is continually going out and looking for it. Patience will keep looking for it. Faith will go out and look for it. But patience will keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. Through faith and patience, inherit the promises. Make sure you do that. Anyway, back to the story. So they were believing God and they were getting closer and closer to the time and they just were getting excited because they just knew it was coming. And so uh, they got to the 30th day and held out until 1201, 1215. <laughs> no, no Buick. The next day they woke up, they were kind of down and they were under Brother Hagin's ministry then and they were listening and they said, Boy, everything he teaches us on faith, it just seemed like we were there. Seemed like we were we were in the right spot, but it just didn't produce anything. And um, they, he he kept going, and he 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 shared what God had had shared with. Him. I don't know how long it was, months, years, or whatever. I don't know how how long it took. I think it was more in the area of months. And uh, God shared this with him. He said, uh, Keith. He says you were doing fine up until the end of thirty days. I said really. He says, yeah. He says, as soon as you hit that 30-day time frame, you let it go. He said, and he said, now, you said, you believe big. It was fine to believe big because you believe I'm a big God. But if you believe big, you may have to wait long. Hmm. See, they weren't going, they weren't believing God for some, some used Buick. 20 years old or anything like that. They were believing God for a brand new off the showroom floor Buick. Buick Regal specifically. And so he says, if you want to believe big, you may have to believe long. Didn't say you had to. You said you, you, you may have to believe long. And he didn't. They, they stopped at 30 days. And so um, uh, anyway, of course, the conversation, I won't get the, the whole thing on it. But the course of conversation says, he said, it's not too late. He said, what do you mean it's not too late? He says, things in the spirit don't expire. He said, oh, yeah. <laughs> so he came on back home and he shared it with his wife and they got excited again and they, they started believing God for a brand, brand new Buick. And I think it was a couple of years, a number of years. And uh, they just kept standing and believing and no, no time frame on it. Just kept standing and believing. And all of a sudden she, she came one time and she said, uh, brother so-and-so, uh, says that, uh, he wants us to go and, 
and pick out a new car. Anyone we want. And he'll pay for it. And he said, any? <laughs> they said, yeah, any. Any car you want. So he told her, he said, well, get your purse. <laughs> so they went on that and went down to this car dealership over to this car dealership and traveling around Tulsa and finding different car dealerships and they finally came upon a Buick and they saw a Buick Regal and they remembered oh yeah this is what caught our eye before and so um, they, they saw the one in the showroom and looked at it and it beautiful whatever the color was it was nice it had chrome and had all the had a, apparently this is when the displays first came out in the car and this is one of the first cars to get a display on the inside and it had it and uh, just all sorts of nice stuff on it. And as they walked around the car on the windshield was a big bright sign that said, Sold. <laughs> so uh, somebody came on over to him at that point and said, Can we help you? And he says, Well, uh, just tell me a little bit about this car. He said, This car is sold? He says, Yeah, I'm sorry, but we have other ones we can show you. He says, uh, That's all right. Uh, I'll tell you what, if anything happens where this car is not sold anymore, give us a call. And they gave him the number, and so they left and went on home. He thinks it was the next day. He got a phone call. You still want that car? It's not sold anymore. <laughs> and they came on into the showroom, and uh, they got it, and and uh, everything was good. But don't put don't put time limits on on God. See, patience doesn't do that. Yeah, but I have to have it, and don't put time limits on God. That's uh, well. I need a healing, and I'm going to be be dead in so many months. Don't put time limits on God. The only reason you think you're going to be dead in so many months is because some doctor told you that. Don't don't get rushed. Don't get moved. Don't feel like I have to have this done by a certain time. You don't. Well, I want to show you take you another another place where this um. This word, let's make sure we got it. Let's read uh, Luke eight fifteen before we move on. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, your heart and how you hear the word will determine whether that will have any fruit in you. Keep it. Once you hear it, you keep it. You keep it. Here's one of the important things about growing up and becoming mature. That first off, you hear the word. Secondly, God speaks revelation to you. And third... You meditate on that revelation until you get understanding. See, once you understand something, then you, you'll remember it. The reason it can be stolen is because I don't understand it. Soil number one. So, hear the word, get revelation from God, and meditate until you understand it. You'll see, you'll see things begin to, to bear fruit. Brother Hagin shared with us that story when he was on the be- deathbed, getting ready to die. His body's getting ready to, do- to die. And he's, be- he's believing, <clears throat> learning to, to believe other things. There's nobody around to teach him. And he, he told God, he said one, one day, he says, God, I know I believe. And God spoke this to his spirit. He says, you believe as far as you know. Sometimes we have to get our knowing a little bit further. Get our revelation, understanding further than what it is. And then we can understand what it is. Oh, that's what I needed to do. Now, I want you to see this over here in Mark chapter 16 before we run out of time. Verse 17. How many saw this reference on the Facebook post? 
All right. Anybody go try and find the word good? It's in there, but it won't jump out at you. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Did anyone see the word good? You see, it's a little bit veiled in here. But the word good is there. In fact, this particular word is the word kalas, which means excellent in its appearance. Magnificent. In fact, this thing is so good, it is tailor-made to do exactly what it was supposed to do. The end the end product with the end product in mind so to speak. Alright, let's take a look at it again. They will take up serpents verse 18 and if they drink anything deadly it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. How many people have laid hands on the sick? And they will recover. The word there for recover is the Greek word kalos. Now, how many would say that does not jump out at you why that word would be good? Hmm. Why do we have that word be good? The word they shall is in a tense that is not something that happens immediately, but it's something that happens over time. Most of us, when we are looking to lay hands on the sick and they will recover, most of us are looking for things to happen immediately. And if it doesn't happen immediately, it didn't happen. Now, kalas is translated into recover here in this particular the verse. Now, we're going to take just a, another side journey. I want you to take a look at when Jesus laid hands on the sick. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 40, when the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. So here's Jesus going out and laying hands on the sick. Let's take a look at this. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick. The word there for sick is the Greek word that means a wide range of infirmities. It could be all kinds of things that could be wrong with your body. That were sick with various diseases. The word there, diseases, is the Greek word nasas. And it conveys the idea of a terrible malady or an affliction of the most severe nature. It is often used with those that are terminally ill or sick with something that has no known cure. And when it says he laid hands on them, he brought them to him and he laid hands on every one of them and healed them. Now see, a lot of times we want that healing to be instant. When we lay hands on people and we're believing God for something, we want that, that, that condition, that healing to be instant. Let's go back over to to Mark. <clears throat> they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will recover. It is not unscriptural for a condition to to take time to recover from. Now the reasons for that is it, it probably could be be many. There were times people were instantly healed. Now, most times when you see instant healing, some kind of a gift of healing or a gift of, of faith or some kind of a spiritual gift manifestation is going on. Not always, but a lot of times that's, that's going on. 
But here, they shall, not a, not a not an instantaneous, but an ongoing. The Greek tense is meaning something ongoing. And they shall basically come into a good state. Now, if you leave a sick state and go into a good state, what would you call that? Healing. <laughs> and now you see why it's translated the way that it is. Why they put it in there in that particular way. Because if we, if we, um, we put that in there, they will lay hands on the sick and they will be good. <laughs> it may not jump out to us uh, uh, quite as much. Now you see, some of us are believing God for conditions that we did not get into quickly. It took some time to get into them. Well, you got to give yourself some time to get out of it. You see, some of these conditions, these are, are things that are created by what we've decided to eat. How we've decided to behave. Things that, uh, that we're doing. And if we don't correct the thing that we're doing, we're going to go right back into, into that same thing. We gotta, we gotta change it. You know, sometimes our bodies have picked up more pounds than we want them to be picked up on. And when we, when we do that, then our joints can begin to feel some issues because they're carrying around more weight than they were intended to, to do. And we fell down in our spirit. Spirit of God witnessed us and lose some weight. Glory to God, I shall do that. Until I see what's involved. What do you mean I gotta give up potato chips? I like potato chips <laughs> and other other things that you might do. What do you mean I can only eat this much? But I want to eat more. And and we have a wrestling match th- that goes on there. We sometimes have to change some things. There's some things we need to to be open to changing. I got to be good ground. You see, God's going to sow some things. He's going to speak some stuff to me. And when He speaks, that I need to be good ground. When He speaks, it says, "Don't do this." Well, okay. Now, I gave you the story a couple of weeks ago. I didn't elaborate too much on it on last week, but Lord, I got him running again. Now, I'm not setting the world on fire on running. I'm, I go out, I only run for about five, six so miles each time that I, I go. It's, I'm used to doing a lot more than that. But five or six miles is a whole lot better than zero. <laughs> a whole lot better than zero. I didn't like zero. This is, this is better. Now, I still get out there and I get going. And um, I, I, mm, I want to do more. I want to do more. But you see, I had to become fertile ground for a couple of thoughts. First off, and I remember the exact day. It was a day in April. And I was out on a group run. And I had taken off on this, on this run. And uh, I was experiencing some pain in the hip. But all of a sudden, the, the pain in the hip hit a new level. It hit a level that was much greater and down in my spirit, I don't mean that somebody whispered in my mind, I mean down in my spirit, I knew this is not good. This is not Kalas. <laughs> and I, I knew something's got to change on this. I, I, I finished the run. And I actually was finishing the run. I said, this is going to be my last run for a while. I actually said that. Coming on back to the thing, this is going to be my, my last run for a while. But I'm going to finish this run out. So I finished the run out. And I, I, I did what was what was there. 
And that was it. Hung it up for a while. And I had to be fertile ground to, I am not going to run for a while. No definite time, just for a while. And I set myself out, my family will tell you, I set myself out to become a cyclist. Not permanently, temporarily. And I did everything I could on that bike. I was out on that bike and no matter what the weather was, I was out on that bike, I was riding that bike because this is part of, I'm not running. And I, I did that for months. Many months. Didn't even go out and try. Didn't even go out and test the waters. My running buddy, who's just down the road from me, would call me up. You want to do a run? No. No. He was kind enough to pick up his cycle, dust it off, and we went out and we rode in the cycle for, together for a while and, uh, and did some of that. But I knew. See, I had to be fertile ground for that. Do not do that. I became fertile ground to test some things out in the area of diet. It became fertile ground to test some other things out in, in some other some other things to get things to, to be recovered. And after several, uh, many months, sometime it was, it was past the fall, I think it was, and I, I went out on the run. And um, nope, I think I did two, two runs, a couple of days apart. Nope, we're not ready yet. And now I didn't say, well, I'm done, I'm just not going to go. You see, I'm careful about my words and I'm careful about my thoughts. Because otherwise you can create a soil that is wrong, ready for the wrong harvest. I don't want a wrong harvest, I want a right harvest. So he put that away. Still, never out of my mouth came, I'll never be a runner, I'll never run. It came out of my mouth was right now I'm, I'm riding the bike. And I'm riding the bike with everything I got. And so we rode the bike some more. And then we broke it out again and take, did another test. Nope. It is not ready. So I had to be fertile for that. See, normally I just press on through. So what? There's some pain. Go out on here. Push it, push on through it. And so, um, and so I, I did. And then in April, went out and did it again. And went out and did a, another one. And then went out and did some more. And then increased it some more. And then increased it some more. And, uh, and uh, but see, it was a, it was a cr- gradual, progressive thing. See, whatever it is that created the condition for the pain occurred over some time. It didn't happen all at once. It wasn't that one run. It happened over time. I had to change those conditions. God wants us to change some of our conditions. What we all want is for me to do whatever it is that I want, create a bad situation, and God heal me of it. And then I can go on and I don't have to change my lifestyle. I don't have to change anything. That's not always the, always the, the condition. Listen to the Father. You need to be fertile ground for what He's speaking to you. If you have started off in the area, I need to be healed. Let's just pick that one because that's the easy one. Most of us have something. How many of you have something in your body you want to be healed of? Not healed yet, but I know it's, it's, it's there. I, I, I need to be, be healed of this. Well, you, you said, Father God, I am believing for healing in this particular area. You have set your direction for this thing. I'm listening to word on that area of healing. I got to make sure that I create in me the soil that is needed for those things to grow. You see, when the word comes to me, I need to do it. I need to act on it. When God speaks to me and he says, Steve, in my case, don't run. I get behind you, Satan. 
I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> so that's, that's what we want to do. Mm-mm. Now, see, even now, as soon as I get running, usually whenever I've had an injury before, anytime I've ever had an I've had an injury, sometimes it takes me out for a month or two. And as soon as I was cleared, my first run, first run, every single time was five miles. Right out of the gate. Didn't matter how long it had been, I could always run five miles. Always. And that was the starting point. And before a week or two was done, I'm back out into 10, 12, 15 mile runs. Just escalate. Just went around. But no, no, take it easy. So I went out in this one, two miles. Two miles. I'm looking at myself, this is a joke. <laughs> two miles. Who can't run two miles? Two miles. Just two miles. <laughs> I'm not really asking. I'm just, I'm telling myself, who can't run two miles? <laughs> two miles. My running buddy was so good. John. I said, John, I'm going to run two miles. He said, I'm with you. I'll meet you at your house. He'd meet me at my house. He'd run two miles with me. And then he'd go off and he'd run the rest of the stuff. And next day, later on that week, he called me up. You ready for another? Yeah, come on. Let's go. <laughs> we run another two miles, two and a half miles, three miles. Called him up one time. He says, John, I'm going for six. He says, all right. Now, he's running more than that. I had a... He even said, do you want to keep going? I need to, I need to head back. I hit, I hit six miles. So I had to listen to what I'm supposed to, supposed to do and not, not push it beyond that. Listen to the, to the Spirit of God. He's going to be speaking to you things about things. Not all of them you're going to want to do. But when He speaks to you, you need to, to do it right away. Don't wait. Do it right away. Be fertile ground. See, this is part of being faithful. I gotta be faithful with what God says. When He speaks something to me, no, this, this is what God said to me. See, when He's, when I knew down in my spirit, don't run. I knew it. I didn't keep coming to Him every week. Can I run now? 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 I didn't do that. I knew. You need to give the body time. Get out there and do this other thing. Some of you are believing God for conditions that your doctors have told you don't have a good outcome. You've got to make sure that the things the doctors are saying don't set in to produce a harvest. Thank you, doctor. I appreciate your, your input on that. This is what I'm believing for. You don't, have to, you don't have to tell him what you're believing for. He does not need to know. You can tell him if you want to, but you don't have to tell him. It's got no reason to, to know it. You just keep it. You, you know yourself. I don't have to go out there and declare to everybody. Just believe God. You're the only one that matters in this thing. And when God speaks it to you, you, you listen. Be good soil for what God speaks. Make sure that when He speaks something to you, say that He told you to do something on your eating. Make sure you don't become like soil number two. Get all excited. Oh, this is what, I know this is going to help me out. And in a week later, when temptation of apple pie and cheesecake <laughs> came calling, you gave in to temptation because of the lack of root. 
<laughs> don't be doing that. Don't be, don't be doing that. Don't let other things come up and distract you. When God said, this is what I want you to focus on. That's what you focus on. That's what you do. Don't let the enemy come in and sow other seeds that begin to take root because you don't want tares growing with wheat. You want to keep that wheat by itself. Now, if you do that, according to the Word of God, if you let the good seed have the good soil and let it grow, it will produce fruit. It will. Abraham did not have to wait 25 years for his seed to produce fruit. But all along the way, what did he do? Thought come. You have no kids. You got nothing. No matter how much riches you got, you got nothing. And when God comes down and says, Hey, Abraham, blessed of God. What do you mean blessed? Got no kids. See, he was listening to this stuff. You got to make sure you keep the soil good. I told you, one of the things that I, I did, have done, will continue to do. Don't poison the soil. Don't think thoughts. Don't speak words. Don't allow bitterness. This has nothing to do with what I'm believing. Why is my bitterness over here going to be? It's going to. Because bitterness creates bad soil. Unforgiveness creates bad soil. I become resistant to the things of God. Pride. This produces bad soil. You got to get rid of those things that produce bad soil. Keep them out. When somebody does something to offend you and the devil tells you how much of a right you have to pick up that offense. Nope, I want to be healed. I want to be healed. I'd rather be healed <laughs> than, than give in to all that sort of stuff. So I don't, I don't do it. I stay humble. When I hear instruction, I stay humble. Yes, yes, I can, I can receive that. You see, you do that, you keep your, your, the, the soil good. You don't let it get poisoned. It'll produce a fruit. But the devil knows what to do to get your soil out of balance. And he's going to try and sow bitterness, anger, words that you're going to say. How many of you have, um, not using actual cuss words, but um, so to speak, cussed out your car, your computer, traffic, these kind of things. Don't do it. You see, as soon as you get into that mode, you're poisoning the soil. How does that poison the soil? Doesn't the Word of God say whatever things are good, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are pure, whatever things are a sound mind? Think on these things. What's the devil want to do then? Let's get you thinking on other things. Because if I get you to think on other things, we poison the soil. It makes that seed not want to grow, not be able to grow. Don't do it. There's no room for you to be offended. Let it go. Like we told you before, you can't deal with it right away, let it go. Just move on. Yeah, but we haven't, so? Just just keep on going. All right, I can keep going on this. Hopefully you got the gist of this. And the, the soils will help you out. Because I want what it is that you're believing God for to come to a place of fruition. 
to come to a place of harvest where you can collect the harvest that God has for you. But don't set yourself into a 30-day time limit. You're in this for the long haul. And don't let the devil tell you you've only got six months. I've got as much time as I need. As much time as I need. Would y'all stand up with me? Father, I thank you that you have a great love for us. And though we have created some situations in our bodies, in our minds, in our jobs, in our families, that took a lot of time to get them to the place where they are, you have a way of bringing them back around. And I thank you for the way that you can heal relationships, for the way that you can heal minds, for the ways that you can heal bodies, jobs, outlooks, the way you can give hope. I thank you, Father, for the things you can do. We give you the praise and the glory for it. With every head bowed, no one looking around. How many of you have a situation right now that while we're looking at all this with all the soils, you say, I can see where I need to have better soil for my seed. Raise your hand. Father, all these people that have raised their hand, I thank you right now that this week that you are speaking to them, that you are talking to them, you are giving them seed for their soil. And they're going to focus on that seed that you speak to them. They're going to water it. They're going to nurture it. They're going to give it the things that that seed needs so that it can grow. And whether it takes a week, a month, a year, it doesn't matter. The enemy is not going to get them to wake up and become discouraged and say, this is never going to happen. Because through the eyes of faith, they see it. The joy of the Lord is all over them because they see themselves as having received. I thank you, Father, for the things you will teach them about their faith, about their walk, about their conversations. Give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before I turn it over, here are this... This morning, you notice in the last two weeks, I put the same announcement in there about the uh, HR5. And uh, this has not gone to vote for the Senate yet. My wife was looking to put a prayer group together about this particular thing. Might uh, be doing that right after the service or else we'll look at another another night. Uh, bring her. Uh, uh, see my, if you want to be part of a prayer group about this particular thing, then go ahead and, and do that. Uh, if there is a possibility we'll get through the Senate. Because there are, it's been pretty much a Democrat uh, vote yes. Most Republicans vote no in the House. But that's not completely true. And there are some Republicans in the Senate who would go along with this. Um, I don't think it would get past the point of a presidential signature. But anyway, if you haven't taken the time to go in the bulletin, go to the website, check it out. See what they um, are, are saying about it. And uh, make sure you let your senator know your, your opinion whichever way that it is. I'm not going to put it in another week in a row. We got this one. I checked it this morning just to see if it had gone to the Senate yet. It has not. They got a holiday on Monday, so it's going to delay them for some things. I don't know when uh, it's, it's supposed to come up for a vote. But you got time if you haven't uh, voiced your opinion to your senator here in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, wherever, wherever it is that you're from. Uh, just make sure that you, that you do that. And my wife will have that, that going on too.
<clears throat> good morning, everyone. Uh, it's always good to be with you, and so I greet you that are here and those that are watching um, by way of Internet. We are always grateful to be in the house of God and to be among his people. For me, it gives great encouragement for the week to come, and I'm just thankful for that. Um, in the message today, how much good ground is in you. Uh, it gives us a lot to uh, go back into the message and um, allow the Lord to minister to each and every one of us uh, how this affects us and that we can grow in the message that we heard today. So we're grateful for that. Um, I want to say happy Memorial Day to everyone. Um, and may your cookouts and your time of eating and fellowship be good. Um, and I also want to just mention um, before we uh, mention the praise reports that next Sunday is our covered dish um, time. that, And I think it starts around 1230. So um, you can bring something um, to add to what is being um, brought. But we just ask that you come and um, be informed of what will be going on here at Zoe. Um, we have two praise reports. We have one from Randy and Alicia. Alessia. Okay. Thank you. Okay. And um, in this praise report, it's uh, they're saying that I'm a caregiver for special needs and took on the role of having one move in with us. And um, this was a year ago. And at first it was really hard um, trying to form a bond, um, <clears throat> but with lots of prayer and not giving up, um, that bond is finally building, and it's stronger than ever. And so this sounds like um, something that you didn't just give up, when it didn't come forth at first, you persevered. And um, the blessing is that that bond has been formed. Many times we do have to, uh, like Pastor was saying, we would want it to be instant, but you were in it for the long haul and you reap the benefits. So we praise God with you for that. And we have um, a praise report um, from Israel and Mercy. We understand that Israel's birthday is today, so we want to say happy birthday to Israel. And uh, mom's birthday is tomorrow, so we say a hearty happy birthday to both of you. We praise and thank God for his faithfulness, and we so appreciate uh, both of you. Um, and there's cake. There's a cake party after service in the kitchen area. So all take part of that and enjoy to start your Memorial Day weekend. And we just want to um, just thank God for uh, the men and women that have served in our armed forces and who uh, enable us to say that we celebrate the freedom that we do. So just take a moment um, today and tomorrow and just remember those that have given their lives that we can stand in a nation and um, realize the freedom that they fought so hard for. So God bless each and every one of you, and um, uh, join in the cake in the kitchen area for cake 